Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. So basically that one photograph that she took of me, I was, she literally took to more than one doctor in order to get a referral to a specialist that actually confirmed that that white glow in my right eye was actually a rare childhood eye cancer called retinoblastoma. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Zakira Muhammad, and she has such an inspiring and interesting story. A photograph that Zakira's mother took of her saved her life, and I mean that literally. A photograph actually saved her life. Zakira tells us not only this story, but also about her journey as a photographer and how she incorporates even more into her business by providing full-service branding to her clients. Zakira has overcome a lot of adversity in her life, and she is someone I definitely look up to. I'm excited for you to meet her and learn from her, so let's get started. Here is Zakira Muhammad. Hi, Zakira. Welcome to The Portrait System. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. I'm just so honored to have you here. I've been learning so much about you, and it's just you just have such an amazing story. I'm so excited to hear more about it. Thank you. I'm so excited to say it. Yeah. Okay, let's start. Where do you live and just tell me a little bit about you, and then we can get get into, you know, gosh, I guess your story is going to start back when you were a baby. <laughs> so tell us where you're at now. Okay, so I am a world traveler. So I am currently, uh, at the time of this interview, in Dallas, Texas. Okay. But I grew up in Miami, Florida. So I was born and just about raised in Miami, Florida. But then my parents met in Atlanta, Georgia. So I have like East Coast roots, but I love being in Dallas. It's a great mesh of Florida weather and Southern hospitality and still a lot of great businesses and, and people who need um, portraits and headshots. And that's the kind of photography that I love to do um, as of now. So that, that's me right now. <laughs> Oh, all right. Very cool. Well, when I first spoke with you, you said something that just really piqued my interest a lot. You had said that a photograph saved your life. And I was like, okay. And sometimes people mean that as like metaphorically, like, oh, I became a photographer and it like took me out of depression or, you know, it helped me change my career. So then it helped change my life or whatever. But a photograph literally saved your life, right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about that. So I was about three months old when my mom first spotted it. So of course, just like any mom would take lots of photographs of her newborn baby, but she took a photograph. And this was the, the type of photography where you had to go to a convenience store and develop the film. Mm -hmm. So she took a photograph and waited a week 
because she knew she saw something. She saw some kind of a white glow in my eye, but she wasn't quite sure what it was. She couldn't put her finger on it because she had never seen it before. So then by the time that photograph developed and she picked it up from the convenience store, that's exactly what it was. A white glow showed up in my right eye. And just by the time, it was almost time for my six months checkup. So she took that photograph first to her co-workers, and then to my pediatric checkup at that time. And so this is my six-month checkup, and at that time, the doctor was like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing for you to worry about. You know, you're just a new mom. Just just worrying. Don't worry about it. And so she trusted her intuition and was like, no, this is not normal. So basically, that one photograph that she took of me, I was she showed it to me when I was younger. So I was basically in a baby swing, and it was sunny South Florida. So the light had shone literally onto my pupils. And so you see my, my dark brown pupil on, on the left, but then you see a white glow on the right. And um, of course, I had no idea what was going on. So she captured mm-hmm. a photo of me just smiling and laughing and, and you know, just... Nonchalant, right? And so that was the photograph that she literally took to more than one doctor in order to get a referral to a specialist that actually confirmed that that white glow in my right eye was actually a rare childhood eye cancer called retinoblastoma. Wow. Wow. I mean, like, thank God your mom (laughs) trusted her instinct. I mean, there is something so powerful about a mother's instinct. There truly is. And like how has how did that affect you as a baby or just even as an adult having having that rare form of cancer? So I think it didn't really kick in until school time. And so let's say maybe elementary school, even middle school, when I'm pointed out by the other children that I'm different or that I look different or that they think I have a lazy eye or they think that I, that I have four eyes. But growing up, I did not feel like I was different. You know, I did not mm-hmm. know that I was different. And so I think it was also the good thing is that when she introduced me to a camera, I mean, you only need one eye to see in the viewfinder anyways. So I always felt like this was normal. It wasn't right, until right. school that I felt like it was not normal because other kids would pick on me. <laughs> so that mm-hmm, was when I mm-hmm. actually asked my mom. And I think that's the first time that she actually showed me the photograph and told me the story of how I was not born this way. Because I remember asking, I was like, was I born this way, Mama? Oh, that just makes me like, it makes me choke up a little bit thinking like, ugh. It's like we can have such good confidence. And then, and I don't know if, the, you know, the other kids like, you know, ruined your confidence or if you were able to get through that. It sounds like you have an amazing mother who helped, you know, but it just, it kills me how as children we're just so innocent and, uh, it's like the society that brings us down, you know? Gosh. I'm just glad that I wasn't going through this during the age of social media <laughs> because oh, the kids, yeah. they, they, they have yeah. it rough. They oh, have they it do. rough. Yeah. They do. Now, you ended up having, and I think I read this on your your website, that you had your right eye removed completely. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So now I wear a prosthetic eye, so a glass eye. Okay. And it's so perfectly um, well done by my ocularist that most people don't know until I tell them. Because uh, once again, the assumption is that I just have a lazy eye. Because sometimes it is right. actually conformed to my eye muscle, but sometimes, you know, it isn't. Because obviously, you know, it's not perfect. But yeah, I have a prosthetic right eye, so most people won't even notice it. And obviously, if they look at my headshot or something now after this conversation, they're like, oh, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, so h- having only vision in your left eye, 
How does that affect you as a photographer, or does it affect you as a photographer? As a photographer, no, it's actually a benefit. It's a great thing. I think the only thing that it does affect is sports. So I had like poor hand-eye coordination growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But as a photographer, it's actually a really good thing. There was actually a um, family friend who's the nephew of my aunt by marriage, and he was also a photographer. And so we went out for, you know, a shootout for street photography one day in Washington, D.C. And so we had lunch together. I think that was my first time really kind of letting him know what's, what's going on with me. And so once I told him about the cancer story, I will never forget. It. I mean, it's like almost 10 years ago now, but he, he was like, so you know, you basically already have the photographer's eye. And so that basically stuck with me um, in the sense yeah. of that it's a really good thing that, yeah, I have vision in, you know, my left eye and it's 2020 vision in my left eye. And it's, it's just allowed me to just literally see things with tunnel vision when I am capturing, no matter what I'm capturing, really, but especially when I'm capturing porches. Right. Wow. Wow. What an amazing way to like, you know, to find this career that it ends up being a strength to have, you know, vision in one eye. Yeah, that's wow. My dad was born deaf in his left ear. I mean, you know, he found ways to cope and he was successful in life and whatever, but it was a little bit of a challenge for him too. Obviously, you know, vision and hearing are are quite different, but when with one of the senses removed from half of your body, like it's, you know, yeah, it's a challenge. Wow. Well, actually, I will add that because of the radiation from the removal of the eye, I actually have a mild hearing loss myself, but I've mm-hmm. literally worn hearing aids since I was, um, I think, three was the first time that my mom said she noticed we were at like a family gathering and I went super, super close to the speaker. But she, of course, at that time, ah. you know, before knowing about my hearing loss, she would think she was like, don't go to the speaker, don't go to the speaker. But apparently she said that I said, I can't hear. That's why I went to these speakers. And so that's when right. she knew that I, it was time for me to get a hearing test. But that was as a result of the radiation. But now I actually wear hearing aids in both ears. But of course, thank goodness for technology, uh, the hearing aids have Bluetooth, <laughs> you know, so they're yes. like my own headphones and whatnot. So, yep, yeah. Yep. I also have hearing aids, Akira, and I love the Bluetooth feature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's amazing. I remember I was shortly, I've only had them for a couple of years, and I remember my makeup artist, someone had called me and I just answered my phone and I was talking, my phone just walking around the studio and she's like, how are you hearing? Like, are you talking to someone? And I was like, oh, right. I got hearing aids. I blew <laughs> it. Like, she was like, what's going on? Okay. So it sounds like the challenges that you, you know, had with your vision or whatever, you ended up making it into, you know, a positive, especially with photography. So how, how did that happen? How did you get into photography in general? So I think my first introduction to photography, I was five years old. I remember my mom, we were living in Tennessee at the time. And sometimes we were often live in different places, but we lived in Tennessee, which is where my dad's side of the family is from. And I remember she gave me a Kodak Polaroid camera. And all she did was just show me where this shutter is, how to look in the viewfinder and that was it like I didn't know any techniques or anything so that's Mm -hmm. how you know that if you give a child I think I was yeah I was five and so if if you give a child anywhere between the age of five to seven eight or nine and you show them something and they just take it and run with it that's how you know that they're really really good at it so Mm -hmm. that was the first time I was introduced to a camera and then we started doing a lot of um, road trips when I was on 
school breaks, especially because my dad was a, a CDL truck driver pretty much all of my life. So when I was younger, I would go with him on each school trip. And so then, of course, you know, it's a matter of capturing, you know, my perspective of the East Coast, up and down the East Coast. And so then I was introduced to the same cameras that basically saved me, the ones where you take to the convenience store, the Kodak cameras you take to the convenience store and wait about a week to develop. So I didn't get my first digital camera until middle school. And so once I got a digital camera, that was also right before my first out-of-country travel. But when I was not using it for that trip, I was pretty much the little historian around middle school. We didn't officially have a yearbook club in middle school, but if they did, I definitely would have been in there. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. So it started at five and then it's just been a journey from different types of cameras. And I didn't really learn any techniques until high school when I went to a technical high school and literally studying commercial photography. And then that education expanded a little bit more. I did another um, certification program. This is when I moved to Washington, D.C. for a different photography school, learning about professional photography. And so this is where I learned more about studio lighting and actually videography as well, because video YouTube was just coming out. So it's been literally a lifelong journey, even though I've you know been blessed to study Outside of YouTube University, it's been a, a lifelong journey of just learning how to always improve and become a better photographer. Yeah, I love that. And it sounds like you have some really amazing life experiences. You've lived a lot of places. You've traveled a lot. You know, it seems like your parents are just so open to, you know, you learning new things. And, and it sounds really cool. Absolutely. And I definitely attest and thank my parents for such a great childhood because once I became older and, you know, I would introduce, you know, other, other friends and associates to like where I grew up. Someone actually made a comment of like, you guys look like you had a really good life. And I'm like, now that I think back, I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what your business is like today. So, you know, overall, what do you do, I guess? So overall, as of 10 years in the game, I'm officially a creative strategist and a photographer. So that means that not only do I help you to uh, step outside of your own comfort zone once you step in front of my lens, I also encourage you to look good on social media and utilize it in a way that you actually get a return on your investment, whether it was through photo shoot, whether it is through social media management or consulting. So a lot of the time now I do portraits. I love that one-on-one time of just interacting, especially with women and encouraging them to see themselves in a more positive light. And now what I've realized is not only did I teach myself how to market myself on social media, I then had to realize that a lot of other female-based businesses were struggling with that as well. Mm -hmm. So I was able to you know, study a little bit more as well and just learn how to encourage those to market themselves, whether they, you know, are service-based businesses or they do have product-based businesses or they're just side hustling right now. I love capturing women and utilizing those services as well to help them that they have content and know how to use that content as well for social media, not just, you know, photo dump (laughs) and not just, you know, and also understand the value of, you know, printing, printing their photos as well. And Mm -hmm. um, just kind of combining photography and marketing. And so I'm all about women empowerment. I think that's the most important thing of where I am right now in my photography business. Right. Yeah. So if I'm your client, I can come in and I'm like, Zakira, I really need photos. And then you offer photo packages, but then you also offer 
just like coaching and just different marketing for how I can utilize those photos and just like show up in my brand more. Is that right? Yeah, basically. So it's also not only can you choose a photo package for me, you can also choose either I mean, an image consulting package with me where I can guide you on which ones of the photo that I suggest you use for like your flyer head shots or, mm, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Or if you are struggling with social media, like you're trying to just relaunch or rebrand your social media, then I can also be your strategist and help you with that strategy for content or your funnel, your social media marketing funnels as well. Okay, so it's like a full amazing package for entrepreneurs. Pretty much a full full boutique thing, yes. (laughs) Right, right. And is that something that you did from the start or has your business sort of morphed into that? You know, it was in um, 2015. I realized I was doing, this was when smartphone photography was really, really taken off. And so Mm -hmm. I was one of the many photographers that needed to figure out how to pivot. Not many people were wanting, uh, I guess, their own portrait sessions as much. So instead they were DIYing. They would do it on their iPhone. They would do it with their own camera. But I went from, you know, either thinking about, okay, maybe I can teach you how to use your camera. That way you learn that way. Or I realized that they would just take photos and they would not have call to action with their social media posts. So by this time I was I was doing one or the other. It wasn't combined at that time. I was either get hired for, you know, portrait sessions or lifestyle sessions like birthday parties and, and elopements, or they would hire me to manage their social media. So it wasn't combined at that time. But I realized I was doing so much so at once that I felt like I was getting burned out. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this. So it took maybe a few more years after that in 2018, where I actually was already, you know, working with another uh, woman who actually did the graphic design side. But then I was like, okay, what about we just start like maybe like a woman-owned marketing agency? That way we can combine both the services. And she was like, I'm down. And so basically that's how that came about as far as having that option to combine. Because I saw what the other woman was struggling with and I've been through it as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I realized, okay, maybe it's just time to make it all in one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So for our listeners out there who are thinking like, okay, I would love to add this sort of like brand strategy option into my photography packages or to, you know, help people with their social media. How did you blend the two? You know, did you just create specific packages? Like, you know, how how does that look? I think it happened through a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of trial and error of either I would start mentioning it after photo sessions, or I would mention it as separate services on other podcast interviews. And then I was like, wait a minute, I think just listening to what everyone's struggling with and seeing what everyone's struggling with, the powerful thing about Facebook and Facebook groups, everybody will definitely tell you what their problem is. (laughs) So just observing that, I think I was like, okay, I think it's time to just kind of combine it and make it like um, an add-on service. So at first it was for a while, it was like an add-on service. And so now they're kind of like the, the highest package offer. Now it's like, okay, book a photo session, either in studio or outdoor. And then you're also going to get the consultation call with me where I literally consult with you on the best way to utilize these images. And if you need graphic design, you have that because we have an in-house graphic designer as well. Oh, nice. Is that someone that you hired, you know, as a contractor or are they an employee for you? Yeah. So right now she's a contractor. I think that's what works for the business for now. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if I could, I would. I see definitely going to be my first official employee. We've worked together literally since 2015. And so she's so amazing. 
Oh, that's so, isn't that so great to find someone you love working with like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel like it can be a challenge to find that person that meshes well. But once you do, it's like, oh, that's so great. Mm-hmm. I love it. I really like that idea too. It's like, gosh, if you can be a one-stop shop for people, for entrepreneurs who need that graphic design, who need the photos, who need help figuring out what to do with their social media, gosh, such as, I feel like it can relieve so much stress and anxiety from your clients because that's one of the hardest parts about starting a business. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, very cool. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit more about if I were to book you and say, okay, I want the whole kit and caboodle. I want it all. Take me through start to finish what that would look like for me as a client. Okay, so nine out of 10 times, I'm still luckily getting a lot of referrals, word of mouth referrals, but if not, they would go through the website first. So first they go through focusmediagroup.com. This is focus with a PH because it's a play on the word photography. So focusmediagroup.com. And then, you know, they scroll through the services, they see, you know, some of the work that we've done before. And then they send an inquiry. And so this inquiry, um, I've just recently also managed to set up a CRM system so that we can do automation and less stress for everyone. So they send an inquiry. They get the next email is, of course, the thank you email. And they get the information on the generic packages that we offer. And so this is where it's broken down by either individual, depending on what they select. Either they Mm -hmm. select photography only or they select social media only. And then from there, they see all the packages. And then, But once they see all the packages, then they can schedule a call. So that's when they officially meet me. Everything else has been on autopilot. Then they officially meet me on a Zoom call. Most of the time, it's a video call, a Zoom call. And then that's where we kind of talk about what they're actually struggling with. So say they, they selected photography, but... As they provided their social media links for me, I see that there's literally nothing that would convert me into a client for them. So then I start mentioning the social media services. So that's where it's after the phone call that they, you know, understand. Because I think nine out of 10 times, it's, it's not understanding the value or the difference between, you know, yeah, I use social media. I post it all the time. I mean, that's how I get my news. But versus... I need to use social media to educate, empower, inspire others so that they can come back to my website or, you know, book me for my, say, photo session if it is another photographer. So nine or ten times, that's how it gets started with. I have that first conversation to make sure that they understand what it is that they need because a lot of times that's what happens. They, they think they need one thing and then as I do my research and as I hear them talk about their pain point, they need something else. So nine out of ten mm-hmm. times, that's how we're able to finally combine both services. Yes, I love that. I love the idea that, well, it's not really an idea. It's, I love that it happened. People don't know what they want if they don't even know what they want what they want and we can help show them what they need or what they want i mean anywhere from like you just said you know they might just be calling for photos and then as you're listening and hearing those pain points you realize they need social media help or you know any sort of graphic design help or whatever just like for example if we're doing you know i'm i'm just doing personal branding sort of headshot photos for someone and i encourage them to bring you know, a fun dress or just, you know, something a little bit more fun and personal, not just for business. And they might think like, I don't even know why I would, like, I've never even thought about doing something like that. And by the time we're done with the shoot and they see those extra fun personal photos, they're like, I'm so glad I did this. I never would have thought of doing this for myself with these extra photos and they love them. So it's like, if we can introduce to people what they wouldn't have already thought of, it helps them, it helps us. 
it is just overall a win-win. So I love that you do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I get the same feedback also after almost every session. Of course, first is the session. First, they see the transformation in themselves in the photos. And then that's not even the end of the work. Cause then we come back maybe about a week later and have another call just to talk about, okay, how are you going to maximize the use of these images as well? Okay. Right. So you have multiple touch points with your clients. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what would someone be expected to pay for all of this? So like if I were to get this the full package, what could I expect to spend? So it starts at $1,000. It really just depends on, you know, once again, what their budget is, also what they want, what they think they want, and what we also observe that they need, because that is just the photography side as well. And then, it, you know, it can go up. I think the highest package at this point is $3,600 to also include the marketing side of things. And so the marketing side of things is not a, it's not a one-time only thing, because we know the social media changes all the time. So that means that we tweak and we whatever I they have access to me for like 90 days so mm-hmm. we, we tweak and we learn we see what's working we see what's not working and then um, because they have access to me for 90 days that's where I put on my you know basic and image consulting hat to also let them know like okay this is what you should be doing if you feel like this x, x is not working then let's try y and then then we also try z so we kind of work together at least a bare minimum of three months after the photo session just for the uh, social media and marketing side of things to make sure that you actually get a return on investment okay gotcha i love that because then you're not just like here you go good luck no <laughs> exactly you're helping them through but that i mean that's a really good deal for people 3600 for all of that like that's like an amazing deal yes <laughs> yeah i'm like hmm it's like, Kira, i might need to challenge you to raise those prices a little bit because <laughs> that's a lot of time and effort to put into that if they have you for 90 days like so if you're how often do clients come back to you and say they need your help like do, do people kind of take advantage of that do you think and and talk to you all the time about it or do you find that it's just here and there well um i think for the most part they do tend to maximize the time when they're with me and actually for the first time in a while i had a client return so it was kind of a different kind of type of photography and type of social media marketing because they are a nonprofit organization and they hired me to photograph their event. But not only was uh. I photographing their event, I was also helping to manage the social media for the event. So they come back to me like five years later. Obviously, can't photograph it exactly because it's a virtual event now, but they still came back to me like, hey, can you help us with our virtual event? So nine out of ten times, once uh, our work is done, they're, you know, added to my email list. They're still following me on social media. So we're like in touch. You know, we built that relationship. But so far, I've only had maybe about one or two that actually would come back, um, want, want more services, want to work together even more. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. So how are you finding your clients? Where's where's your, you know, your best marketing happening yourself? So thankfully, a lot of it is still word of mouth, but I think my personally, my most powerful platform is still Facebook. There is also LinkedIn, but I think most of it has been Facebook groups. And in those Facebook groups, I'm in like almost all the same Facebook groups as my colleagues. And then we just kind of tag each other. It's like, I need a photographer for XYZ. I need a social media marketer for XYZ. And um, either I will, you know, do my my little bit of pitch, let them know who I am, or I'm already being tagged by my colleagues as the go-to person. So Facebook pages, Facebook groups, occasionally Facebook ads has been my go-to. Okay. 
Oh, wow. All right. So how did your you get your initial, like you said, your colleagues and everything, like, you know, how did you build up your name and your network and, you know, just getting yourself out there in general? How did you do that? So that's a good question. I mean, it's definitely been 10 years in the making, but I think because also I value relationships. So back when we could do more in-person networking events, I'm mm-hmm. always making sure that we're, we're conversing. Not only am I saying, hi, this is what I do. This is what I do for you. And then the person says the same thing. And then it's like, okay, great to meet you. You know, we exchange contacts some, somehow, some way. So of course, a lot of the times, you know, exchange a phone number. Now it's exchange Instagrams or add each other on Facebook so that we're often DMing each other. So a lot of the times is really just a matter of actually making conversation, which is the part of networking that I feel like a lot of people forget about. So building that relationship and and nurturing it as well, however that may be, whether it's, you know, being very active on each other's Facebook profiles, adding each other on WhatsApp. And so then that kind of helps with other opportunities, even if it's not necessarily other uh, future clients for you, you know, other opportunities of like being on each other's podcasts or being at each other's um, summits and conferences. So just a matter of you kind of nurturing those relationships the same way you would, you know, if you were dating, it's except it's just mm-hmm. platonic, you know, with business. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What you just said is so, so, so important. It's so important. And it is a huge part of marketing that I think people miss. I think sometimes people just... And I, I don't blame people. Like, you want to just go to a networking event and find six new clients and call it a day, you know? Like, if it were that easy, everyone would probably have a business, you know? It's one of those things that it does. It takes nurturing, and it takes time, and it takes relationship building. And gosh, if you can have a business that runs off of referrals, you are doing something right. And it's not for the faint of heart. Because there are times when you get rejection. And there are times that, you know, you don't get as many bookings as you'd like. But like you said, if you continue to keep those relationships nourished and growing, eventually something's going to come of it. Not only just that great relationship, but clients are going to come your way. It just happens like that. Yes. And I definitely agree about it not being for the faint of high. I remember um, (laughs) when I was going to more like photography conferences, of course, this was when business cards were very, very, very popular. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many boxes of business cards I had, but it was so overwhelming to follow up with. So then what I started to do was that's when I'm like, can I just have your phone number? Um, or can we just add each other on social media? Because email, like everybody different. Some people really love to use email. Some people really don't. I'm one of those. Yep. Um, I would use email just for important emails. Other than that, please send me a message. Please, you know, instant message me and what have you. But I know that back in the day, that could definitely overwhelm people. You go to the conferences, you meet your favorite photographer, and then they give you a way to keep in touch with them. And then if you, if you, you don't follow up, then of course, you know, it's not only nine out of 10 chances that they'll actually remember you, you know, if you don't add them on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or anything. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I've, I think I've said this before on this podcast, but I'm going to say it again just to reiterate because I think it's important. And you just said, basically said the same thing is if you don't follow up, ugh, you're going to lose out on so much business and you're going to lose out on so many contacts and relationships because everyone has a to-do list a freaking mile long. And you know who you just met at a networking you know, meeting or at any sort of event or whatever, that might kind of like creep to the bottom of the list because it's not urgent. But if you can follow up and make it easier for someone, either one, you know, if they need your services or two, just to grab a cup of coffee or lunch or get to know each other, you know, whatever, 
you know, to have like a, a relationship where you for, refer each other, like all of the different ways that you can connect with someone. If you don't follow up, you're just missing out. Absolutely. End of story. Yeah. I really love that. That's how you built your business. And, and it's interesting when you said how it's still word of mouth. Do you find that you are doing the same level of connecting um, a relationship building now that you did way back when? Or has it all kind of like, you know? So I think, I feel like it's less because, I mean, yeah. because of social media. I mean, it's literally like people are already following you on social media. And so that that's all it takes, really. It's just someone else yeah. will share your post, mm-hmm, share, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that uh, attracts uh, them to you and share with their friends. So a lot of it is less. Instead, I start getting emails like so-and-so, you know, told me about you. Um, and so I don't have to really do the heavy work too much, mm-hmm, thankfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that, that's, that's the good thing about it, that I don't have to do as much of the work because I've done it, I guess, in the first few steps of, you know, building that relationship with the person who did share the page or the profile or the post. Totally. Oh, I'm smiling right now because Zakira, I was hoping you were going to say that and you did. What I don't want people to think is that, you know, for the rest of your career, you're going to have to be going to like 18 networking meetings a month mm-hmm. and, you know, like spending all this time. It, it, we have to grease the wheel. You know, we have to do some things. Like if, if you're not getting as many referrals or as many bookings as you want, like, okay, let's see, how can I get my face out there again? Just like, hey guys, I'm still here sort of thing. But it's not nearly as much work as what you do in the beginning. It's just like remembering if you can just put a couple, you know, years time in building your name and your face and your, you know, your service, get people talking about you in your area, eventually it snowballs. And then it's just kind of like, like the lightweight work as opposed to the heavy lifting that we had to do when we first started. So I want people to know that there's all, there's an end in sight for the, the like, craziness. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So one of the other things that you mentioned is you love to empower women. And I'm wondering, you know, how that works in your brand or what that looks like to you in general. So I think it it really does start off with me because I am a woman face, right? So I know exactly what it is that they have struggled with. I know exactly what it is that they want to accomplish in life. So really just think about, okay, what, who did I need when I was younger, when I was struggling, when I was stru- struggling even more so with imposter syndrome, with confidence, with, you know, fear of, of success, of anything else. So who did I need? And so then I'm able to stem off of that. And so when it comes to just empowering women, it's like I know exactly, well, one, I'm intuitive. I think I'll, I'll throw that in there. I'm very intuitive that once I do exchange energies with, you know, my female client, whether it is through that first Zoom call or once we are in person at a photo session, I'm able to be intuitive and just kind of see like what it is that uh, they're really struggling with. And so really once women know and understand their worth, they they can literally run the world like we we do anyways. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just a lot of times we just we forget, you know, we hide ourselves behind our significant other, behind our children. And I think having that one hour or less to just literally empower a woman, whether it is that one time she finally gets to have her hair done, her makeup done, 
and uh, her favorite music blasting, uh, just simple things like that uh, are able to just empower women to really see their work. Because mm-hmm. nine out of ten times, uh, most of the clients just leave saying that the way that I captured them was able to see themselves in a different light, a light that they've never seen themselves before. And that's, that's what makes it all worth it to me. Oh, yeah, that's huge. When someone says that, I mean, that's so powerful. It really is. And not only that, it's gonna their confidence is going to shine through in their brand. So it not only translates personally, but it translates to their business. Because if, you know, when, when people put their photos out there, when they put posts on social media, I mean, everyone can feel whether or not it's genuine and authentic. And if they were feeling great during those photos and they really love them, it's, it's going to help so much. It really is. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we shouldn't be counting likes, but I know that they do. And so when they see, and even when I see, when they tag me on the Facebook post and it's like, see, look at all these likes. I told you Mm -hmm. you're beautiful. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that. So if someone wanted to include sort of this branding consultation and social media help and sort of, you know, things like that into their photography business, what's the best advice that you would have to get that going? I think the first step is really to know what you want your brand to be. What do you want people to say about you when you're not posting, when you're not in a room? So know what it is that you want your brand to be. I think that's the first step. And that helps to make, you know, our job at Focus Media Group easier. Know like what energy and what color or what aura that you want to put off, whether online, whether in person, about your brand. So let's say you're, you're, you are spiritual and you want people to be able to come to you and you want to help heal them. You're a healer and you want to be able to help heal them. Do you portray that energy? on your social media pages already or do people feel like intimidated by you so first know what energy and what color literally what color like is your your favorite color blue but you want people to feel powerful when they leave you know working with you by using the color purple so know what know the basis of who you're trying to serve and what energy you want to put off first and foremost before hiring out a photographer before hiring out um, any designers or anything like that. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. Mm-hmm. They they think they know, they, they want a they photo shoot. They bought this new outfit. It looked great on them, but is it the color that they're going to use on their social media? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> so I think that's the first place to start up. What do you want your brand to say about you? Yeah, yeah, I love that. And that, it truly is such a good starting point. I mean, what is it that, I ask my clients that too, like what is it that you want people to think about you when they see their photos? Like that's such an important question to do during the consultation. Yeah, for sure. And then, okay, so last question about that as far as, you know, the packages and that sort of thing goes. I know that you said on your initial contact form it was, right, on their website, people can choose what they want. Yeah, yeah, they can choose. Mm -hmm. Okay, so on your like social media and that sort of thing. Do you advertise that you do both? Do you keep it all as one Instagram? Do you have multiple pages? Like how does it work best for you? So I do have multiple pages, but it's really interesting because obviously I'm still building my own personal brand. I'm still like, okay, so I still send people, you know, to those other pages. So it's like, here's my personal brand. Some days I would just want to talk to you about how to maintain your mental health. Um, and then if you do want, you, you know what you want for a photo, you do, you know what you want for branding, then yes, I'll send you to those pages or I'll send you to that website. But yes, I actually have several different pages, but it's 
interesting enough that I still feel like I'm just going to start combining everything with Focus Media Group uh, so that people know like, okay, go to Focus Media Group if you want photo sessions and or marketing or consulting services. So right now, yeah, several different pages so I can try not to confuse people by me being so multi-passionate, but also just making sure that people know that Focus Media Group is the main one house and in-house hot shop for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was thinking it might even be, you know, I was trying thinking, sitting here thinking, what would I do if I was going to start that? I think I would probably keep it as one as well, because then, you know, people, if they don't know what they don't know, if they don't really know you offer it, then they wouldn't know about it. I mean, but I guess if you have it on your website too, but yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you're going to combine it. I think that would be good. All right. So I have a couple more questions for you that I ask at the end of each episode, if you don't mind answering those. Sure. Okay, number one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Music. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of like, I feel like it's an unspoken part of a photo session because someone could come in, especially if it was a family portrait session, or they do have a family, but they finally their their own individual photo shoots. The kids or the spouse could have pissed them off <laughs> right before the photo shoot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we don't need to show this in the photo. So tell me your favorite artist. Not not at the same time. That's an intake question in a questionnaire. What's your favorite genre okay, gotcha. music? You know who your yeah. favorite artist. So you know, I start with that, and that way, I I personally will put on my DJ hat of having that playlist going, whether we're uh, in the studio or outdoors. So music, I feel like, is really an unspoken stress reliever and mood enhancer, and help to connect, you know, let the client bond with the photographer through music. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. So you do a questionnaire then for your clients. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I try to do a questionnaire also, you know, so that we, I have it in writing, you know, as well of like, okay, what photograph do you want? What, do you, what is your goal? And, you know, what do you hope to get out of the photo session and or consulting session? So, yeah, I have mm-hmm. questionnaires mm-hmm. that are part of like my CRM kind of auto flow just so, yeah. you know, it makes it easier for both parties. Because a lot of times if I don't ask that, a lot of people are like, I have to think about that. I didn't even know what I wanted. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's great. Okay. Number two, how do you spend your time when you're not working? Um, sleeping, eating, watching <laughs> movies, listening to music out. <laughs> <laughs> the basics. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, number three, what is your favorite inspirational quote? The first one that came to my mind, because I love inspirational quotes. I think we all need a bunch of them, especially in this time and age. But the first one that came to my mind, um, I guess it's kind of a music lyric, but I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a quote said by someone, but if it's meant to be, it will be. Oh, yeah. You know, I think a lot of times we, we worry about that. We worry about if this client will come through or if not, if this client will be able to afford me or not, if the client will, you know, book me again or not. You know, if mm-hmm, it's meant to be, mm-hmm. it will be. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's something I kind of live by, too. That's awesome. Okay, number four, what would you say to people who are just starting out? Keep going, keep practicing, and keep learning. Mm-hmm. All of those things. I feel like that's like a whole like, yeah, I mean, you can like live life by that. I mean, if, if you ever stop practicing or learning or, or growing, I mean, it's, it's a sad day if you ever stop. Literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. I love that, Zakira. Awesome. Oh, and last question too is where can people find you if they're looking for you online? 
Yes. So uh, you can go to focusmediagroup.com. That's focus with a PH because actually maybe I'll tell you a little backstory. At first, I thought I wanted to have uh, like a media group of other female photographers. But then, you know, once once again, once I realized that, okay, not many people know how to even market themselves. So we need to add, you know, marketing services. I still kept the play on the PH because, of course, photography has always been the backbone of the media group. And then once we added the, to make it an all-in-one boutique marketing agency, then we just Focus Media Group. So focusmediagroup.com. And we're also uh, Focus Media Group just about everywhere on social media. However, if you want to learn more about me, I think what I try to talk about, I try to teach, talk about photography and marketing and even mental health and maybe even a little love of music and food mm-hmm. on my personal brand. Uh, you can find me at zakiranayad.com. So Zakir is my first name, Naya is my middle name. And uh, from there, you can also learn a little bit more about my book. So, oh, yeah, that's uh, right, yes. your book. Tell us about your book. <laughs> yeah, so I think with the book, it's my mom and I. My mom's a ghostwriter in the book. And uh, we together talked about the journey to surviving cancer so far. So most people are like, why are you writing a memoir and you haven't fully lived life? I'm like, actually, I should write this memoir because my cancer is so rare that I'm not even supposed to be, statistically, I'm not even supposed to be alive talking to you right now. So wow. yeah, I think my story thus far needs needed to be out there, needed to be published. And my mom was writing a journal, actually, uh, up until I was 18 years old, from the moment that I was, she knew that I was pregnant with me to I was 18 years old. So she kept a journal. So basically, it's almost like summarizing a parental perspective as well of what it was oh, like wow. being a parent of a cancer survivor. And then I come in. I've always been inspired by like Chicken Shoot for the Soul series and mm-hmm. the Diary of Anne Frank. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll add you know my little uh, perspective as well. So it's a short read, and also it's available on audiobook as well, where we literally talk about what it was like growing up and how photography played a huge role and how positivity played a huge role and community. And also, if you want to just learn about what it's like to survive cancer, because I know there's nine out of 10 people who are affected by cancer, whether it's them, whether it's their family members. So Mm -hmm. it's a great source of inspiration as well for how to keep going when the going is tough. So the book is called Seeing Life Through a Different Lens, a survivor's memoir on overcoming adversity with resilience. It's available on Amazon. It's available as an audio book. And it's available as a paperback also on my website at Zakir. Fantastic. Gosh, you've accomplished so much. Yeah, very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Awesome. Well, thank you again, too, for being on The Portrait System. I really, really appreciate you sharing your story, and I'm sure you are going to inspire lots of people. So thank you again. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Okay, take care. Thank you so much for listening to The Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.